Y'all are listening to the Maverick of Marketing Radio Show. And now, here's your host, Shannon Maverick. Hello, hello, and happy Monday morning, everyone. This is your host, Shannon Maverick of Maverick of Marketing Radio. Joined with me, as always, Mr. Tyler Kern. Good, Good morning. morning. How are you, Shannon? I am doing awesome. What about you, Tyler? I'm doing great. Had a nice weekend, you know. Uh, the Cowboys didn't play yesterday, so it almost like was more stress-free that way, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, I'm I'm a Cowboys fan by default. I'm not really a football fan. I had a conversation with a coworker coming up the elevator this morning. Um, I just am because of my family, my significant other. Um, I mean, you were you're from Texas. I so mean, on yeah, some level, like you're subjected mm-hmm. to football whether you're a fan or not. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were both talking about how we had very active weekends. You were playing soccer. I it's was, true. I was out riding my horse. So lots of good, fun, lots of good outside time, physical activity, staying healthy. The upside of living in Texas is that occasionally you still get weekends where it's 65, 70 degrees for the entire weekend and sunny. In and December, so, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> well, great. Well, yeah, other than having an awesome weekend, I'm very excited for our show today yes. for a number of reasons, um, mainly being that we probably have one of my favorite guests to date joining, only or not only because she's an incredible marketer. Mm-hmm. Um, I should probably introduce her. Her name is Kat Allen. She's the digital advertising manager for Linux Academy, an awesome uh, number one multi-cloud learned by doing training platform company. Very based cool. here in Dallas. So points number one. But secondly, she also is a fellow professional horse gal. So she worked in the horse industry professionally and then kind of transitioned into um, the corporate world. So we're going to have an awesome conversation talking about kind of a shout out to uh, Ryan Serhan from Million Dollar Listing New right. York, but learning always in always and how applying kind of an untraditional background to a corporate setting kind of primes you to stay active in gaining new skill sets, learning really about the industry that you're involved in and just making it a priority to stay learning and stay active. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of one reason why I'm so excited about the show today, the main one, but also because there has just been an out, like outright battle on social media with the Peloton and Aviation Gin kind of social media right. spree that's been going on. Ryan Reynolds company, Aviation Gin, um, a liquor company, Gin, mm-hmm. not like Jennifer, but the liquor, um, <laughs> had a very interesting response to the Peloton ad that's been getting quite uh, quite a scandal and quite a, quite a bit of uh, outrage. So the Peloton ad... The what a husband buys his wife a Peloton for Christmas and then she it shows her like using it every day for like a year kind of thing, right? Yes. I was gonna say for those who don't know who Peloton is, Peloton is kind of this uh fitness and well being company. They're a, a bike, a cycling company where you can buy their bike, a very extremely expensive bike, I might add. I'm an avid cycler or used to be trying to get back into it. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, you can buy a bike, but more more so you can subscribe to their digital content every month. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're in a studio cycling, what have you. But yeah, they they launched kind of a Christmas or holiday ad about a month ago. And only recently did people start really responding to kind of the sexism behind it. It was basically a husband buys an already pretty thin lady who is his wife, a Peloton for Christmas, and she documents her year of kind of using it and basically saying, thank you so much. I didn't realize how much I could change. But 
the funny thing is, Ryan Reynolds, who is just known for being, for lack of a better word, uh, the ultimate troll, <laughs> <laughs> or kind of a um, a funny guy, kind of. Is Ryan Reynolds too good looking to be a troll? I mean, I think it just adds to it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but his company, Aviation Gen, released an ad. I think it launched last week mm-hmm. on Friday. I think it was Friday night. Yeah. Basically, the same actress from the Peloton ad um, out with her friends. She's not wearing a wedding ring and saying, like, cheers to new beginnings. And her (laughs) friend's like, you look great. So I think the really important call out to what's been going on with that is just the idea of timely content and how Aviation Gin has just totally stolen all of the... I guess the hype, the outrage, the exposure that the Peloton ad had and is now probably doing a lot more in sales. They've really kind of stolen the the social following from it. And it's just kudos to extremely good marketing that (laughs) they've kind of taken what was bad for another company and turn it into kind of fun and uh, a good for lack of better words, marketing ploy for them. Well, I think I think this speaks to the importance and the need for marketers to always kind of know what's going on in you know social media and pop culture in general, because yeah. then you can capitalize on situations and opportunities like this, right? Like there was an opportunity there that Aviation Gin took that anybody else could have taken as well mm-hmm. to kind of play off of you know, all of the uproar, all of the stuff going on around the Peloton ad. And so there was an opportunity there. And if you're in tune with what's going on in the greater world around you, then you can play up and play into those things that people are already talking about. Put yourself into those conversations. And I think that's what smart marketers do all the time is they recognize trends. They recognize what's hot in social media and things like that, what everybody is talking about. And then they put their brands in situations where they're going to be discussed. Like I had not actually heard of Aviation Gin until this, right? Had you? I have to be honest, I hadn't. I I hadn't. That's a great job done by them, right? Like now everybody is talking about them and now I know Ryan Reynolds is connected to it. And so, I don't know, maybe I'm more likely to pick up (laughs) Aviation Gym when I'm at the liquor store, you know, buying stuff for uh, the holidays now. I I couldn't agree more. It's kudos to Aviation Gym and the marketing team behind them for just like you were saying, staying up to date, staying relevant, staying kind of uh, in tune with what's going on in the marketplace. And because of that, just like you and I talked about, they probably gained a bunch of new hopeful customers. Sure, sure. I, I, I think that's really smart brand placement, brand awareness, just understanding where you fit in the marketplace, how you can latch on to trends in the greater world around you uh, and make your brand a little bit more visible. So I think that was a brilliant, uh, a brilliant job done by them. I couldn't agree more. And kind of the flip side of that, kind of the second point that has been big in the news is Sears. So going back from kind of knowing your market, knowing your customer base to Sears, who unfortunately is seeing a huge downturn. Yeah. And if I'm going to be honest about this as well, I already thought Sears was kind of kaputs totally yeah i didn't even realize they were still trying to hang on for dear life because it was back in i think it was last february so Mm -hmm. going on almost a year sears had filed for bankruptcy and they're in bankruptcy court and their former ceo robert lampert basically bought off the remaining values and assets and kind of left what he didn't want in debts and um and leases and unpaid just basically notes. Yeah. And uh, he vowed he was going to come back and try and find a retail-driven CEO to pick back up Sears and try and revive what was and still is kind of a dying company. Sure. Um, And in the CNN article written by uh, Chris Isidore, 
He uh, spoke with Greg Portell, who's head of retail practice at consultant A.T. uh, Kearney. I Mm -hmm. think that's how it's pronounced. But he was saying basically because Sears is now a privately held company or has been a privately held company, you can't really tell how they're doing financially and they're not reporting on how they're doing this year. But basically once they exited bankruptcy court last year, they had uh, 425 retail stores. And as of like this holiday season, that number slashed in half. And 96 of those stores that are remaining have kind of buying, come buy all our inventory going out of business type stuff. I think what's wild to me is if you talk to people from older generations, you know, our parents, maybe a little bit older than that, uh, they will tell you that it's almost unfathomable the idea that Sears is going out of business because they were one of the first places where you could go there, you could buy shoes and a washing machine at the same place, right? Right. And so like they, Sears to them is what Amazon is to us in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. in that it felt too big to fail. And it was kind of the place that was putting all the mom and mom and pop shops out of business and that sort of thing. And I think what we learn from lessons like this is that, um, you are always kind of one innovation away from being irrelevant, from being extinct. And Sears for a long time felt like Amazon because it was putting everybody else out of business. And it was like, what do we do about Sears? Well, now Sears is going out of business. You know why? Because someone else modernized, because someone else came along and had the new idea. And so that's, I think that's the lesson to learn from this. Well, and that's what Portel was saying, um, that retail consultant. He was saying now is kind of the time to pivot. Yeah. And because consumer spending is high, um, those tariffs that Trump is putting into place for Chinese consumer goods hasn't gone into effect yet. And basically, if you're going to try and pivot and revive a dying business, now is the time. Sure. And what he's saying is basically he doesn't really see Sears gaining new customers. And the only way they're going to kind of hang on for dear life and kind of this hopeful revival, if there is one, is by convincing their current customer base, like our parents or even our grandparents who Mm -hmm. like Sears, that they are the tried and true decision they should make in their retail purchases and really just appeal to their existing customer base. So it'll be interesting to see how they do um, this holiday season and kind of what happens in, I guess, the early part of 2020. So I agree. Stay tuned. But that kind of takes us into our commercial break. And after we come back, we're joined with Kat Allen, the digital advertising manager at Linux Academy. So stay tuned. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Stevenson. Listen to my show, I Don't Care, on Friday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. We'll be diving into a wide variety of interesting healthcare topics that you may not find anywhere else. Find us on marketscale.com and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is your host Shannon Maverick of Maverick of Marketing Radio and so excited to have joined with me Miss Kat Allen, the Digital Advertising Manager at Linux Academy. Kat, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. How are you, Shannon? I'm doing awesome. I was just talking with Tyler earlier about part of the reason why my weekend was so good is because I was out riding my horse and actually bought a new saddle. So I know you can relate to how exciting that is as a fellow horse gal. So it's fun to have another horse lady on the show. Yes, absolutely. I was out riding yesterday as well at um, eQuest, the nonprofit here in Dallas. Um, so I was schooling one of their horses yesterday, and it was a, the perfect day for riding. That is definitely something I'm grateful for 
uh, living in Texas, being able to be outside this time of year. Yes, a lot. Of, I feel bad. I have a good friend that I worked with when I was working professionally in the in the sport that lives up in Iowa, and I just cannot even relate to the ground freezing and the amount of blanketing you have to do for the horses. So yes, very thankful for moderate weather here in Texas. Um, but so excited to have you on the show with me this morning. Uh, when we were kind of originally talking about the idea um, for those who are tuned in. I reached out to Kat because I was just so inspired by constantly seeing her content on her social media channels, always staying involved in taking new courses, um, getting new certifications. And so I wanted her to come on to the show to kind of discuss the idea of why it's so important in the marketing world to gain new skill sets, to apply what you've learned in your previous job experiences or just life experiences in general and apply that to your marketing journey. So Kat, if you wouldn't mind, could you kind of open the show with talking about your previous experiences that have really primed you to be excited about learning in your marketing career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a bit of a non-traditional background, um, probably a lot different than what you would typically see um, for a marketer. So my degree is in psychology. Um, my entire life, I had planned to go to law school and then um, hit college and decided that you know, the idea of going to school for a lot longer just didn't really fit the bill for me. Yikes. Um, yeah. So while I was in college, yeah, I just, I uh, ran a riding lesson program at McIntyre Stables back up um, near Chicago where I grew up. So um, it got to the point where I was managing 10 horses, um, started with one client and built my book of business to over 40 clients. So was going to school full time and then teaching riding lessons and then also schooling horses. Um, so just kind of still involved in the horse industry, even while I was going to school. Um, and then after college, I kind of worked at various marketing roles and, and uh, business development roles back in Chicago um, and was actually recruited to go work for a nonprofit in Wellington, Florida, uh, which, as you probably know, Shannon, it's the mm -hmm. winter equestrian capital of the world. Absolutely. Um, so that was a really exciting experience um, and inevitably kind of found myself back with the horses after that role. So I was actually dog sitting for a CEO in Wellington. Um, and one day he just asked me if I, you know, if I knew how to groom and one thing led to another. Um, so eventually got kind of promoted up from groom to barn manager. Um, and at that point was riding and managing two full-time grooms, multiple trainers and show riders, two farriers and 12 horses. So collectively managing over a million dollars in living assets, which somebody in the horse industry, I'm sure, you know, it's, uh, managing somebody's private uh, kind of stock of horses is, is a challenge in and of itself because there's so much that goes into, um, preparing horses, especially at that caliber when you're talking about showing West. Oh yeah. Um, it's so another that league. Was kind of a, yes, it's a whole other league. I mean, it's, you know, those horses have to be turned out absolutely beautifully and they, you know, they go on treadmills every day. They get the best. I mean, I think those horses got better healthcare than I did. Always. Uh, so it was um, <laughs> definitely experience. And, you know, I think the skills you learn in a barn, a lot of people don't really think about, you know, you're dealing with purchasing, you're dealing with supply management, you're creating and cultivating efficiencies, you're dealing with clients. Um, and you really learn about a lot about time management organization and, and above all else, really mitigating risk. Um, so in the horse industry, as I'm sure you know, Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. Um, yep. But what you really learn is managing a barn is that if you can kind of focus on controlling the variables that you can control, um, you can really kind of curve that risk and become a risk averse barn instead of, you know, a barn where things are going to go haywire. And so I think that that's something that really kind of also applies to marketing in that we constantly have to know what's going on in the market and what's going on out in the world. And then 
either pivot or repeat based on what we're seeing. So it's it's a there's a lot of congruencies, even though it seems like it's a very different industry. Um, there is a lot that can kind of apply to marketing as well. Yeah. And I know uh, this is something that we kind of talked about in our previous conversation, but would you mind touching on how you've gotten these experiences in marketing and business development and just business uh, management in general in the horse world, but you also have a very interesting skill set in kind of software coding. So can you kind of speak to how you've taken courses that kind of pivot entirely from your skill set? Now you know um, more importantly, the full cycle of your current job at Linux Academy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. So when I moved to Texas, um, I wanted to get you know back into full time marketing, um, and the opportunity really just wasn't there. Um, so I decided to take four months and really focus on uh, my own learning and development. So I went to a full time coding boot camp. So in four months, learned three full stack languages: um, Ruby on Rails, Meet, and Python. Um, and I really kind of attribute that to the turning point in my career that kind of changed my trajectory. So um, it really changed my ability to bring value to a B2B marketing role. Um, so building those uh, full stack applications from the ground up and then deploying them on AWS was a crazy experience, something that I never thought I'd be able to do. Um, and it really allowed me to gain a deeper understanding of product lifecycle, prioritization, agile development, and then all of the challenges that come with building and shipping software, um, which kind of then that led me to Linux Academy, um, where I wanted to get more on the digital advertising side of things. Um, and I really love Linux Academy because it's a message and a product that I can really believe in as somebody who my entire life has really put an emphasis on education. Um, and I've experienced firsthand the life-changing effects of non-traditional education. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of opens doors you never thought possible and expands your mind to kind of be able to do things that, um, you know, you, you end up being really passionate about in the end. Yeah, I was going to say that kind of uh, took my next question is, why do you think it's so important for marketers to, because it takes time to obviously gain these new skill sets, take these courses like you did with your coding boot camp. Why is it important for B2B marketers to devote that time to continued education, continued learning? And what are some of the biggest benefits that you've seen in your career um, in doing that? Yeah, so I think probably um, the number one being you don't know what you don't know. Um, and I think that in technology, there's just so much out there. And even just kind of figuring out where to start can be a little bit daunting. But I'm a big believer in, in the more the, the more skills you can acquire, the more knowledge you can acquire, then the better off that you are because you're going to have some sort of foundation to build from. Um, and I'm also just a big believer that learning is growing. So if you aren't learning, you're, you're going to get left behind. Um, especially in the technology industry, because the only constant is change. So the skills you acquired five years ago probably aren't going to be the skills that make you successful in the next five years. Um, and I think something that, you know, you hear a lot of is you often hear people getting certifications to, to either get a job or change jobs. Um, but what we're seeing a lot more of and what people probably don't realize is that there's a lot of people that are now getting certifications just to keep their jobs or just to maintain the level that they're at. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's crazy to kind of look back, you know, 10 years ago where we were with technology and where we are today. Um, it really kind of makes you think, okay, I, I've got to kind of stay on top of it and keep my eye on the ball because the next 10 years, um, you know, we're going to go through an even, an even faster um, technological shift. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it, we were talking about how just the idea of having a marketing degree or having um, kind of some accolades in marketing really isn't that applicable now to as verticalized as we've gotten in marketing. To just have a blanket marketing degree really isn't enough anymore. And especially since, like you said, you did that coding boot camp. And now at Linux Academy, you can help your sales team really speak to the full cycle knowledge of your products. And I'm sure that gives y'all an incredible um, competitive advantage. So I agree entirely in that. And I'm sure in kind of your uh, different backgrounds, whether it be in the horse world, in the coding world, in kind of your earlier days in marketing, you've had some influential people kind of um, impact your career. So is there anyone you kind of want to share that's really made that impact? Yeah, I, well, I think um, our CMO at Linux Academy right now, Justin Tellerico, um, I can't emphasize enough how amazing it is to have a technical CMO. Um, I've worked with a lot of organizations where the CMOs really didn't know a thing about software. Um, and what makes him really great to work with is that he's probably one of our most technically competent on the team, which is really exciting because he's kind of our go-to problem solver and he really enables our team to focus on what we're good at. Um, and he's always that person we can go to when we're stuck. And like nine out of 10 times, he knows the answer. Um, so that's really exciting and really unique to Linux Academy. Um, I can't emphasize enough the importance of having um, technical competencies on your marketing team, especially kind of as we evolve and as we go forward. Um, you know, we're just using so many different softwares and even understanding what that software stack looks like is uh, infinitely invaluable. Yeah, I. that's awesome that you have that res, uh, resource, I was going to say research, <laughs> resource to be able to, to go to and everyone's really, um, really knowledgeable on the full product. So that's incredible. And I'm sure with 2020 quickly approaching, Linux Academy has some really exciting um, things that we can stay on the lookout for. Is there anything that you want to share that um, buyers can really be excited about when looking at the new year? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we have a lot planned for 2020, a lot of really exciting things. Um, probably most notably, we're, we're launching some new courses. So we'll be branching into some new categories for 2020, which we're really excited about. Um, also, you can expect to see more hands-on labs from us, which is what we're really known for. Um, and then just kind of overall expect to see us around a lot more. We've got some big things planned in marketing and advertising, um, and we're really growing really fast, and it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting year for us. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Can't wait to stay uh, following your content. And I can't wait to see what certifications or courses you're going to be getting into next. And um, yeah, we'll have to maybe plan some kind of uh, marketing meetup slash let's go ride ponies together session. Because <laughs> I think that would yes, be so that much sounds amazing. <laughs> marketing with ponies. No. Um, well, thanks. Kat. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing all that information. I think the key takeaway is that that it's not enough to just be kind of knowledgeable in marketing in general. I think you really need to have full product knowledge. You need to actively stay learning in uh, always in always. Little shout out to Ryan Sarhant. <laughs> um, so thanks for sharing your experiences and can't wait to have you on the show again soon. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thanks. Have you ever thought to yourself, podcasts are pretty cool. I should use one to market my company. Good news, you're not alone. But where do you start? MarketSkills Thought Leadership Club makes it easy to dive into the world of B2B podcasting. With in-house podcast production, 
audio hosting, and more, MarketScale can be your podcast partner that sets you up as a thought leader in your industry, creating the content that powers B2B. For more information, head to marketscale.com and find out what thousands of companies already know to be true, that podcasting is the future of thought leadership in B2B marketing. Wow. What an awesome show. What some great, what, I cannot speak, what awesome thought leadership as always. I'm so just thrilled and excited with the the level of marketers that we have on Maverick of Marketing and the amount of marketers we're inviting into the Maverick herd. So one of those being, yeah, we actually have a new team member in the studio this morning, Mr. Brian Runo. He's joining MarketScale. It's his first day today as senior instructional uh, engineer. And yeah. Oh, senior instructional designer, first day. So see, it's it's new for us. <laughs> but just like we were kind of talking about with Kat, the importance of learning always and MarketScale really wants to jump on that as well as being kind of the lead um, B2B resource for knowledge and information in the space. We think it's important to stay on top of that. So excited to have Brian with us in the, in the studio this morning. Great, thank you very much, Shannon. I'm really excited to be here too. Uh, just moved down here from Chicago. I, oh, whoa. Just yeah. like our guest, Kat. She was yeah. from Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was at Northwestern University for the last three years, one of the top 10 universities in the world. So I'm very excited to be a member here at MarketScale now. Yay. Well, we're yeah. so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank- so what, what's going on in the education space, just as people are working on kind of continuing education and constant improvement and that sort of thing, what are some of the trends that you've noticed and what kind of made you want to jump into to this aspect of the industry? Um, you know, I think one of the biggest aspects now is going to be experiential learning. Mm-hmm. So just working with your hands and whatnot. As the previous guest was saying, a lot of lab work and, you know, getting down and dirty in the coding itself is really helpful for learning. And I mean, in the future, we're looking at AR, VR, and other kinds of stuff like that. So not just sending out uh, books anymore and telling people to read them and complete right. a worksheet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's all about digital and hands-on and immersing the learner in the full mm-hmm. experience. Absolutely. So, well, can't wait to see what you bring to the market scale team. Thank you very much. So, yeah. Well... I, this is normally the part of the show where we talk about where I'll be heading. And with the holidays wrapping up, I think we're all just going to be staying in-house this week. Yeah. I don't think anybody's uh, going anywhere, any trade shows and that sort of thing. So No, I think we've kind of exited the show-tober, show-November <laughs> that kind of seems to plague everyone's out of the office and traveling and kind of working on getting 2020 launched. I think it's, in my mind, it's already here. And if yeah. you're trying to wrap up 2019, you're behind the curve. So That's a great point. You know, I wasn't here a few weeks ago because I was at Fabtech in mm-hmm. Chicago, where Brian just came from. And it was very, very stinking cold. So many Chicago um, references. Yeah, it's <laughs> not that cold there. It's only 10 degrees. <laughs> okay, listen, I'm Anything. checking my watch right now and it's currently 68 degrees here in Dallas. So... Yes. It was 60 <laughs> degrees colder the entire time I was there. I was, <laughs> I was absolutely dying. No, me and uh, me and uh, one of our other team members here, Brandon Fluger, we walked probably 10 minutes from our hotel to Giordano's the first night. Yikes. And I felt like my face was going to freeze <laughs> off of my body. Like it was, uh, I mean, I'm just not used to it, right? So uh, obviously like I'm a wimp when it comes to cold and that sort of thing. But it was uh, insane. But 
I did want to say that Fabtech was an incredible trade show just to be able to see what's going on in the world of a lot of robotics, automation, things like that yeah. in manufacturing. And so got to see some incredible things. Went there with one of our partners, Arc Specialties. So shout out to Dan Alford and Arc Specialties. for He's awesome. Uh, he is amazing, doing great stuff. And I uh, got to see some incredible companies like Fanuc, like KUKA, uh, companies that are developing incredible robots for assembly lines and for automation of car manufacturing, things along those lines. And so a lot, a lot of really cool stuff. New partner came out of that show as well, Lesta USA, really, really cool yep. partner um, that has a robot that learns your motion. So you teach the robot once and then it can perform 100% accurate <sighs> exactly what you just did with it. So a lot of what that does is spraying, like painting and finishing. So if you have like a master painter, like one guy that is just better right. than everybody else, you get one of these robots and suddenly all of them are performing the exact motions that he was performing. So anyways, lots and lots of fun at, uh, uh, at Fabtech 2019 and uh, looking forward to the shows we go to in 2020. You know, I can't help but think whenever we talk about, I mean, A, it's great timing to have Fabtech be kind of right before the holiday rush as yes. all these um, automation experts, these retailers really are getting ready for the holiday season. But I can't help but just envision when you're talking about this painting robot yeah. it's just terminators coming to life <laughs> just i have to say it the terminator it's it's happening but they're good terminators <laughs> they're automation terminators they're arnold in the latest one i, I hope that know. doesn't spoil anything for anybody but. i know right spoiler alert but yeah. yeah no incredible um incredible innovations that are happening in that space so yeah uh 2020 is almost here and i think the the biggest takeaway for what's to come is just like we were talking about all today is education yeah. and learning. And that's how marketers need to behave mm -hmm. in their career. But that's also how buyers are acting. Yeah. They, they don't want to see an ad and kind of be prompted to go do something. They want to be taught on, wow, this is going to revolutionize my day and in turn my company's day. For sure. So I think that's a big thing that we can see. And especially with Brian joining our team for MarketScale, that's what you can see from us. And just like Kat was saying, um, stay on the lookout for awesome new things from Linux Academy. Most so, definitely. Yeah. Well, great show today. Thank you for um, tuning in to Maverick of Marketing Radio. And as always, you know, Mavericks don't run with the herd.